ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم اما بعد we continue with the explanation of the 40 hadith of Imam An-Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala and we are still with the hadith of Jibril and we arrive to the statement fa'akhbirni an al-ihsan faqala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam an ta'budu Allah ka'annaka tarahu wa an lam takun tarahu fa'innahu yarak Jibreel alayhi salam he said to the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Therefore inform me about al-ihsan. And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said that ihsan is that you worship Allah as if you see him. And although you do not see him, indeed he sees you. This is the third level of the deen. You have Islam Iman, Ihsan. And Ihsan, this is the highest level, highest practice of the deen, or the highest level of the religion. As we covered, that the circle of Ihsan is the smallest of the three. So you have Ihsan, and then the biggest circle is iman and then the biggest circle will be islam so those who are in the circle of ihsan they are within the circle of iman and islam but not everyone who is in the circle of iman is in the circle of ihsan but the person is within the circle of islam and whoever was within the circle of Islam it doesn't mean the person is in the circle of iman and ihsan so this shows that ihsan is the highest level of the deen the scholars they mention wa hadhihi hiya al-martabatu thalitha and this is the third level wa hiya a'la maqamat al-iman and this is the highest of the standards of iman wal ihsan fil ibadah naw'an and when it comes to having ihsan or like perfection in worship this is divided into two categories ihsanun wajib that's one and ihsanun mustahab you have the obligatory ihsan and then you have the recommended ihsan there is a narration on the authority of shaddad ibn aws which is in the musnad of imam ahmad and it is mentioned that the he said that the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam said making dua to allah wa as'aluka shukra ni'matik wa as'aluka husna ibadatik o allah i ask you for the gratitude of your bounty and i ask you for the goodness of ibadah or your worship so here the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam made dua to allah 
that Allah gives him the goodness when he performs the ibadah. And the goodness is from ihsan, being diligent, doing good in the worship, striving to reach the level of perfection, meaning performing the matter as it is legislated for you to perform. No negligence, no shortcomings, doing it as it has been legislated, having sincerity in the action. Also we have a narration on the authority of Jabir ibn Abdullah, where he said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated, لَا يَمُوتَنَّ أَحَدُكُمْ إِلَّا وَهُوَ يُحْسَنَ الظَّنْ بِاللَّهِ let not one of you die except that he has good thoughts about Allah. It's mandatory. This is from Ihsan. These are examples of Ihsan. That a person, he makes his thoughts to be good about Allah before death comes to him. No one should be in the state of having bad thoughts about Allah. Rather, a person should be in a state of Ihsan when it comes to his thoughts about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have uh, Al-Hadith Al-Qudsi, where the Prophet sallallahu mentioned that Allah said, أَنَا عِنْدَ الظَّنِّ عَبْدِي بِي Allah, He stated, I'm with my servant according to how he thinks about me. إِنْ ظَنَّ بِيَ خَيْرٌ فَلَهُ خَيْرٌ if he thinks good about me, he will receive good. But if he thinks evil about me, then for him is that. So the way the servant thinks about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is how Allah deals with him. So it's important, rather it is mandatory that we have good thoughts about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we have ihsan al-dhan. We have, we make the thoughts good about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is an example of ihsan that's obligatory. You have to have good thoughts about Allah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said to Mu'adh ibn Jabr, Radiallahu an. Ya Mu'adh, Wallahi, Inni la'uhibbuka. Wallahi, Inni la'uhibbuka. Wallahi, Inni la'uhibbuka. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, O Mu'adh, I swear by Allah, I love you. Indeed, I swear by Allah, I love you. I swear by Allah, I love you. Three times, the Prophet sallallahu mentioned to Mu'adh that he loves him for the sake of Allah. And this shows that it is legislated that when you love someone for the sake of Allah, you inform them. Just as the Prophet sallallahu he informed Mu'adh. And then he said to him, لا تضعنا في كل دبر الصلاة أن تقول اللهم أعني على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك. He said to Mu'adh, do not leave off saying at the end of every prayer, Oh Allah. Aid me and help me upon remembering you. O oh Allah, aid me and help me upon being grateful to you. And O oh Allah, aid me and help me in worshipping you in a good manner. And this is the ihsan here. Worshipping Allah Azawajal in a good manner. What does it mean? To worship Allah Azawajal in a good manner, that one worships Him sincerely and one worships Him correctly. Two main points. 
That you worship Allah sincerely and you worship Allah correctly. As for Ihsan, here in the narration, there are two matters. You have the matter of witnessing and the matter of being watched. The matter of witnessing and then the matter of being watched. In the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "An ta'bud Allah ka'annaka tarahu," that you worship Allah as if you see Allah. This is the matter of witnessing, meaning that the servant worships Allah subhanahu wa taala as if he is looking at Allah while he is worshiping. One wordy. States that you have fear of Allah as if you see Allah. And of course, in the life of this world, it is not possible for one to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He did not see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as when he went on the night journey to receive the commandment for the five daily prayers. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked, did you see Allah? Meaning while he was on the night journey. And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned that he only seen light because the hijab of Allah is nur. The hijab of Allah is nur. As the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, hijabuhun an-nur. That his screen, the hijab, meaning that covers. The face of Allah is light. Another narration: Nur al-Lati, alright, okay, makala sarwa. It was it was light that I seen. Even though he was near to Allah subhanahu wa taala and Allah was speaking to him directly, he did not see Allah subhanahu wa taala. And Aisha radiallahu anha she mentioned. That whoever says, and this narration I believe is in the Sahih of Imam Bukhari, that whoever says that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he seen Allah during the night journey, then he has lied on the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. As for that which has been narrated on Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma, that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he seen his Lord. This was fi manamihi, and in his dream, that he seen Allah subhanahu wa taala in his dream. And the scholars explain not with the eyes of his head, but with the eyes of his heart. Even Musa alayhi salam, as Allah mentions in the Quran, that he said, "Kala Rabbi arini anduri lake, O my Lord." Show me yourself so that I may look at you. And Allah Azza wa Jal He responded to Musa, "Len tarani, you will never be able to see me. Yani fi dunya, fi dunya, you will never be able to see me in the life of this world. As for in the hereafter, then the believers they will see Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. As Allah Azza wa Jal He mentioned. وجوه يومئذ ناظرة إلى ربها ناظرة. Faces on that day will be illuminated, looking at their Lord. So we worship Allah Subhanahu wa Taala on this level as if we see Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And here, this is. A completion of faith. The person's faith is complete and strong. That as he worships Allah, he worships Allah as if 
he is looking directly at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is due to the strength of his faith and the strength of his certainty. That that's how strong his faith is, is as if he's looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he is worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the level or the matter of the witness, the witnessing. Meaning, as you're worshipping Allah, you're worshipping Him as if you see Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you cannot reach that level of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you see Him, then you have the other level which is the level of being watched. فَإِن لَمْ تَكُمْ تَرَاهُ فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكُ and if you cannot worship Allah as if you see Him, then indeed you know that Allah sees you. So this also is going to cause a person to be diligent in his worship. As you're worshiping, knowing that Allah is watching. You're, you're conscious of this, you're mindful of this as you're worshiping. So when a person is mindful that he is being watched by Allah, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this... Barakallahu feekum will cause the individual to be diligent in his worship. And without a doubt, Allah He sees everything and Allah is aware of everything. As Allah Azawajal mentions, in Allah kana alaykum raqiba. That indeed Allah is the ever watcher over you. Allah is always watching. There is no time when Allah is not watching. What Allah says about Himself, لا تأخذه سنتون ولا نوم. Allah is not overcome by any slumber or sleep. So Allah is always watching. The believer is always under watch. There's never a situation, never a circumstance when the believer is not being watched. Even when you are in the confines of your home, you're being watched. Your wife, don't she doesn't see you. Your children, they do not see you. Your friends and other family members, they do not witness. Allah still sees you. You go into the bathroom and you close the door and you turn the lights off, Allah He sees you. Allah He sees you. And it's important, Barakallah Fikum, that we worship Allah according to His names Al Khabir, the All Aware, Al Samir, the All Hearing, Al Basir, the All Seeing, Al Raqib. The all watchful. Learning the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and believing in them and understanding what they entail, it helps us to better worship Allah. As Shaykh al Islam ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala he stated, Man kana a'raf billah, akhsha billah. That the one who knows Allah the most, he fears Allah the most. The one who knows Allah the most, he fears Allah the most. How do we know? How do we learn about Allah? Learning Allah's names. Reading the Quran. And Allah is informing us about Himself. This is how we learn about Allah. And then we have to live according to that. You have the hadith, Lillahi. That Allah He has what? 99 names, right? Or 100 names minus one. Whoever memorizes the 99 names of Allah enters into paradise. What is meant here by memorizing the names? Huh? That's one aspect. But does it just mean... To just memorize a list of 99 names and khalas, that's it, Jannah? Huh? It means to memorize the names, being aware of its meanings and living in accordance to that. Okay, so you memorize the name, As-Samir. 
Allah is the Ohim. Okay, you memorize that name. You understand? Allah hears everything at all times. So now, you're careful when it comes to your speech. Because you know Allah is as Samir. So you don't just say anything out of your mouth. You know Allah is Al-Basir, the all-seeing. That's the name, Al-Basir. Allah, He sees everything. That's the understanding of it. So now you're careful about what you do. Even in the privacy of your homes, even in the darkness of the night, because you know Allah, He sees you. You know Allah is Al-Khabir, the all-away. This is what's meant by Man Ahsaha Dakhal Al-Jannah. Whoever memorizes the 99 names enters into the paradise. It's not just memorizing the name itself, and then the person he's living like uh, a renegade or a savage, but he's, he has memorized the 99 names. No, it's memorizing the names and acting in accordance to what those names entail. This is what's intended. Another side note, as for the list that comes in the narration, and it mentions the 99 names, that portion of the hadith is weak, is da'if. So sometimes you see posters and it says the 99 names of Allah. Those names come from that narration. And that portion of the narration is weak. The first part of the narration is sound, that Allah has 100 names minus one, or Allah has 99 names. Whoever memorizes them enters into Jannah. Now when it starts to go into mentioning the names, that portion of the hadith is weak. So what does this mean? Any name that's on that list that you cannot find anywhere else in the Quran or in the Sunnah, we don't consider it a name because the hadith itself or the portion of the narration uh, is weak. So what's important about Allah Fikum That the person is mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In all of his affairs There was a narration Or an incident I should say Where a man he met with a woman And the scholars they mention this in their works and he was out like in the, the desert with this woman, just him and her alone. And he presented himself to her, to have relations with her. And he said, let's make love, but no one can see us, we're under the stars. She said, ask for the Lord of the stars. Yes, we're under the stars, but what about, no human being sees us, but what about the Lord who created the stars? He sees us. It's similar also to the narration where the three men, they went into the cave. And the cave was shut closed by a boulder as it was raining. And they went into the cave to seek refuge from the rain, and these three men were from Bani Israel. From before the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi the Prophet was telling the Muslims about this incident that they went into the cave for shelter, and then a boulder locked them inside of the cave. And then one of them he said, "Nothing will save you except that you mention a deed that you did for the sake of Allah." So one individual, he mentioned how he had two parents, they were older in age, he used to take care of them. Every night he would bring to them you know, provisions for them to eat from or drink from. And one day he became busy in the field and got to his parents late and found them asleep. And he did not uh, desire to give to his family meaning his wife and children, before he gave to his parents. So he told the wife to go and put the children to sleep, and he waited by the bedside of his parents until they woke up in the morning, and then he gave them 
the provisions. He said, oh Allah, if I did this for your sake, relieve us from this calamity, the situation. The boulder moved a little bit, but not enough for them to get out. The second person said, oh Allah, I hired somebody to work for me. And we fell into a dispute. And he left without taking his wages. I took the money and I invested it. Until it became a valley full of livestock, servants and the likes. Sometime later, the man comes back and says, Ya Fulan, Atini, Haki, give me my right, give me what you owe me. He said, Everything in the valley is yours. Everything. He said, Are you making mockery of me? Like, don't play. Because the person knew that what was owed to him was a, was a smaller amount than everything which was in the valley. He said, Everything in the valley is yours. He said, the person, he took everything and didn't leave anything behind. He said, oh Allah, if I did this for your sake, relieve us of this situation. The Prophet said, the boulder moved a little bit more, but still not enough for them to get out. The last man, he said, oh Allah, I had a cousin that was dear to me. And I loved her like a man loves a woman. I wanted to be with her. But she refused. And then some hard times came on her. So I offered her some money in exchange that she sleeps with me. He says, and as I went and laid down on top of her, she said, She said to the man, as he laid on top of her, to enter into her, she said, Fear Allah, and don't break the seal except with his right. I mean, don't enter into me, you're not my husband. He said, I got up from her and left her with the wealth. Oh Allah, if I did this for your sake, relieve us of the situation. And the boulder moved, and alhamdulillah, they got out. And then one narration mentions they got out, they was hugging each other from happiness. One thing these three men have in common Being mindful of Allah And them being mindful of Allah Is what led them to the good that they did The man doing good to his parents The other man doing good to someone Who was once his employee Because he could have just gave him The first man He could have just went and fed his family And then tomorrow's another day But no he wanted to be consistent upon the good of taking care of his parents before his family. And he did it for the sake of Allah. The next man, he could have just gave the man his actual wages. And he could have kept the profit from that which he invested in. He could have kept, he could have kept the livestock, he could have kept the servants, and just here, this is what I owe you. And the man would have never known that he invested his money. But because he was mindful of Allah, and that Allah is watching him, he said, everything in the valley is yours. And likewise, the last one, he could have just went ahead and ignored the reminder of the woman to fear Allah, and don't break the seal except with his right. But he was fearful of Allah, and she reminded him, fear Allah, this is wrong. Even though she was in a state of need, it was wrong for him to give her money in exchange for the relations. So she told him, Fear Allah, don't break the seal except with his right. He got up from her. Now, mind you, he already had laid down upon her. So you can imagine he's already about to enter into the act, he's right there. He could have just ignored her and went ahead and followed the whispers of the shaitan. But because the reminder of fearing Allah benefited him and made him remember Allah, made him to be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he left off that sin. And then also from his good, he let her keep the money. He could have said, give me my money back. Right or wrong? Give me my money back. Okay, I'm, you're right. I'm a fair Allah, but give me my wealth back. 
This is my money. The deal was you get the money in exchange for the act. He left, he, he left her with the wealth and he did not go through with the act. This is from Ihsan. And this is the effect that comes as a result of being mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He mentioned from the people that are under the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day that there is no shade, a person who is in seclusion and he cries out of the fear of Allah. He's mindful. He's by himself, nobody sees him except for Allah. He cries, many over his sins, over his shortcomings, being mindful that Allah is watching him. This is, Barakallah Fikum, where the heart should be. That the hearts are constantly mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not being heedless, not being forgetful. Because those who forget Allah, Allah forgets them. As Allah mentions regarding the munafikeen, Nasullah fanasiyahu. They forgot Allah, so Allah forgot them. Well, as Allah says, Wala takunu kalladina nasullaha fa'ansahum anfusahum. Don't be like those people who forgot Allah, so Allah caused them to forget themselves. Meaning, they neglect themselves, they neglect their own souls. Part of Ihsan. Or from Ihsan is that a person, he doesn't forget Allah. He's always conscious and mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's going to come from having a sound heart. Having a sound heart. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, وَإِنَّ فِي الْجَسَدِ Mudha Ida Salahat Salahal Jasadukullu wa Ida Fasadat Fasadal Jasadukullu Allah Wahiyal Kalb. The Prophet says indeed in the body there's a morsel of flesh. If this morsel of flesh is sound, then the whole body will be sound. And if this morsel of flesh is corrupted, then the whole body will be corrupted. Indeed it is the heart. Another narration, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, لَا يَسْتَقِيمُ إِيمَانُ عَبْدِ حَتَّى يَسْتَقِيمَ قَلْبُهُ وَلَا يَسْتَقِيمُ قَلْبُهُ حَتَّى يَسْتَقِيمَ لِسَانُهُ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he stated that the faith of a servant will not be upright until his heart is upright. And his heart will not be upright until his tongue is upright. This, these narrations show the importance of the purification of the soul, the purification of the heart. A lot of times we focus on the outward, apparent purification. We make sure that our clothing is clean. Right? And you, to the point you see a brother, say, man, the brother clean, right? In complimenting the brother, he's clean, he looks, looks nice. We put focus on that. We pay attention to how we outwardly look. We make sure that our cars are washed and the turtle wax is on the, uh, the tires and everything is shiny. Make sure the cars look good, the rims are shiny. But what about what's inside of here? How much attention do we pay to the purification of the hearts? Our clothes are clean, our cars are clean, our homes are clean, physically, outwardly, from what the eye can see. 
our bodies are clean, we smell good, and we're quick to say, uh, It's a hadith. The Prophet ﷺ said, Purification is a part of faith, without a doubt. Being outwardly physically clean is a part of your faith. But what about the inward purification? For sure, Allah says, "Qada aflaha man zakkaha, wa qada khaba man dasaha." Successful is the one who purifies it, meaning purifies his soul, and the loser is the one who corrupts his soul. So, the purification of the heart is very important. It's just as important as the physical purification, if not more important. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentioned, يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُوا مَالٌ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَثَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٌ On the day when no money, no wealth and no children is going to be able to benefit you. Except the one who comes to Allah with a clean heart, a pure heart. This is what's going to benefit the servant on the day of judgment. And the other hadith that mentions that the faith will not be sound until or upright until the tongue is upright, this shows that that which is outward has an effect upon that which is inward. Just as that which is inward has an effect upon that which is outward. These two matters are connected one to another. So you have to be careful with what you say. Because your speech can affect your heart. And you have to be careful regarding what's in your heart because that can affect that which is outward from your actions and your speech. So we want to strive to make both aspects upon purification. That which is inward and that which is outward. Allah Azza wa Jal He had criticized Those who had recently accepted Islam But they claimed for themselves complete faith As Allah mentions in Surah Al-Hujarat قالت الأعراب آمنا قل لم تؤمنوا ولكن قولوا أسلمنا ولما يدخل الإيمان في قلوبكم and the Bedouins they say we believe don't say you believe rather say you have submitted for faith has not yet truly entered into your heart some of the Ulama, they say that this is in reference to the munafiqeen. Those who say that they believe, but they only outwardly accepted Islam. That's one of the interpretations. So Allah is reprimanding the munafiqeen here. They say that they believe, but it's not in the heart. They only say verbally they believe. And outwardly they pretend to be Muslims. But within their hearts there is no faith at all whatsoever. That's one understanding. The other understanding, and this is the majority, that this is in reference to people who are Muslims. They accepted Islam. And they were and they are sincere. However, they rush to claim that they have complete faith. So Allah He says to them in correcting them, Say to them, you have not believed, meaning you don't have complete faith yet. But rather just say you have accepted Islam. 
And Iman has not yet entered into your heart. And this is a, a benefit from the language. The, the word Lamma, when used with the Fitna Mudari', it means something that didn't happen just yet. But it will happen, inshallah. But if you use Lam, that means it didn't happen. As an example, you say, Hal. Hal ata Muhammad? You say lam yati. Did Muhammad come? You say he didn't come. Lam yati. He didn't come. But if you say lam ma yati, it has a meaning he didn't come yet. So Allah Azza wa Jalla uses that term. Walam ma yadkhul al iman fi qulubika. And he lama lil mustaqbil. Aladi laysa mawjudin al an. Walakinhu sayujat. Fallah basharuhum bi anna al iman sayyat khulu fi kulubihim fil mustaqbil. SubhanAllah. So the word lama is for the future. Something that which is not present right now, however, is going to be present. So Allah gave these Muslims the glad tidings. He corrected them. He corrected them. But at the same time, Allah gave them the glad tidings that faith will be in their hearts, meaning in a complete manner, in the future. وَيَقْوَى إِمَانُهُمْ شَيْئًا بَعْدَ شَيْءٍ And their faith will become strong after a period of time. وَلَكِنَّهُمْ إِسْتَعْجَلُوا وَقَالُوا آمَنَّا However, they were hasty. They rushed to saying that, we believe. فَهُمْ إِدَّعُوا مَنْزِلَةً لَمْ يَسَلُوا إِلَيْهَا فَلِذَلِكَ أَنْكَرَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ وَبَيَّلَ اللَّائِقَ بِهِمْ وَأَنَّ الْإِنسَانِ لَا يُكَمِّلُ نَفْسَهُ so the scholars they say these individuals claimed a level that they did not reach. Lam yasilu ilayha. They didn't reach that level yet, but they claimed it. So for this reason, Allah reprimanded them for saying that they have complete faith and they have not reached that level yet. And but then Allah Azza wa Jal clarified. That which is suitable for them. Yani, kulu aslamna. Say we have accepted Islam. Yes, you have done that, but you have not reached the high level of faith as of yet. And also, Allah clarifies that it's not befitting for a person to make himself to be complete and claim something that he has not reached. And this is from the good mannerisms of Islam. They were new Muslims. They were new Muslims and they, they claimed to have complete faith. That's why Allah says, Don't you have not believed, meaning you don't have complete faith, but you did accept Islam. So say you accepted Islam. Complete faith has not entered into your heart just as of yet. It's coming. But it is not there yet, so don't claim that. This is alhamdulillah from the good teachings of Islam that we should never claim to be something that we are not. What the Prophet said, The one who pretends to have something that he doesn't have is similar to a person who wears two cloaks of falsehood. In the narration, when it comes from a woman said, Oh Messenger of Allah, is it allowed for me to say to my co-wife that my husband has given me something that he has not given me? And we know the competition that takes place when at times brothers, they have more than one wife and they're competing for sure. Human nature. So, 
A woman asked the Prophet, can she pretend that her husband gave her something that he didn't give her to the other wife? To make it look like, see, he loves me, he gave me. The Prophet responded, The person who pretends to have something that they have not been given is like a person who wears two cloaks of falsehood. So it's not allowed in Islam for a person to pretend to be someone or something that he or she is not. We deal with the reality of the affairs. A lot of times they say, fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> be who you are. Don't pretend to be something that you're not. Strive for excellence, strive to be better, but don't pretend you know, to be someone that you are not. One time, <laughs> some brothers mentioned to me, there was a brother who has said he, uh, he knew the Arabic language and mashallah, he studied. And um, the brothers, they brought him, you know, to come to their center to sit and benefit from the brother. You know, you know, share some of the knowledge with us that Allah allowed you to have. If I'm not mistaken, was it a recording that was playing? Huh? He was there. And what, somebody was called or something? Right. Huh? Right, that's what it was, Jazakallah Khairan. The individual pretended that he was speaking to one of the scholars on the phone. And he just kept saying, Nam, 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 Ya Sheikh, Nam. Like, acting, trying to fool the brothers. <laughs> that he's holding this conversation in Arabic with one of the scholars that he's going to benefit. And it was like he was trying out to be a fraud. I said, Allah, this is not from the Islamic mannerisms. It's not from the Islamic mannerisms. For whatever Allah has given you, alhamdulillah. But don't pretend to have something that Allah has not given you. Because this is falsehood. This is falsehood. And it's a major sin in Islam for a person to be fraudulent in his or her behavior. And we go back to the matter of being mindful of Allah. Knowing Allah is watching you, a person will not behave in this manner. How much time is left? The next, yes, the father. I'm sorry, say that again. The revelation. Allah Azawajal spoke to Musa. وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا He spoke to Musa. Allah spoke to Musa with speech. Some of the, the deviants, they say, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهَ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا Instead of, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ Because they deny that Allah speaks. The Jahmiyyah, Mu'tazila and the like. So they, they change the Dhamma to a Fatha. So now Allah in the sentence become Al-Maf'ul bi. And the fa'il is Musa. وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا Allah spoke to Musa with speech. But they say, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهَ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا Musa spoke to Allah. Now Allah Azza wa Jal, He speaks. And He speaks to His servants as He pleases. So Alhamdulillah, He spoke to Musa directly. And also He spoke to the Prophet Muhammad wasallam directly. You know, when he gave him the commandment for the, uh, the five daily prayers. And also, if in the narration, dealing with the, uh, the mi'raj, Jibril said to the Prophet, I can't go beyond this point. But the Prophet ﷺ went beyond that point, which shows that Allah elevated the Prophet ﷺ even over Jibril ﷺ. Elevated him, he gave him a status. So the Prophet, that's something that's special for the Prophet, without a doubt.
Yes. Yes. He led them in salah. That's another. Uh, yes. Ahsant. Beautiful point. Uh, the Shaykh he mentions uh, another incident from the night of the night journey and the ascension that the Prophet ﷺ, before Allah raised them up into the heavens, he led the prophets in prayer in Mashal al-Aqsa. And the scholars, they mention that this is an indication that the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ is the imam, he's the leader of all of the prophets. And we have a narration, the Prophet said, أَنَا سَيِّرُ بِنِ آدَمِ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَ وَلَا الْفَخْرِ that I am the master of the children of Adam on the Day of Judgment without any bragging. And we know that on the Day of Judgment, the people will be standing and the sun will be brought near the distance of about a mile. And the people will be going to the different prophets. They will go to Adam. They say, oh Adam, ask Allah to start the judgment. Adam will say, I ate from the tree. They will go to, to Noah. To Noah, they will say, Oh Noah, go to Allah, ask Allah to start the judgment. He will say, I asked about my son. They will go to uh, the Prophet Ibrahim, the Prophet Abraham. Oh Abraham, ask Allah to start the judgment. Abraham will say, I lied three times. They will go to the Prophet Mo- uh, Musa, Moses. They will say, Oh Musa, ask Allah to start the judgment. Musa will say, I killed the man. And he nefsi, nefsi, they will all say, Nefsi, myself, myself. I'm worried about myself. I'm worried about myself. They will go to Isa salam. One narration says he will not mention anything. Another narration he will say, Kuntu The people used to worship me besides Allah. Nafsi, nafsi. Go to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi And then they will go to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi And he will say, I'm, I'm for it. I will take care of this. And then he will go and prostrate in front of the throne of Allah as long as Allah wills. Then Allah will inspire him with some words of praise and he will tell the Prophet, raise your head and ask for you will be given the permission to intercede. So that's another proof that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu he has virtue over the previous Prophets and Messengers.